Today on Blue 58, we got to hear from Brian Gutekunst this week. For the first time since training camp, he spoke about a little bit of everything, but spent a lot of time on Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. What did we learn? Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Happy to be with you here for another episode. Brian Gutekunst is going to take up the bulk of our episode today, but first I need to tell you about something important. Our charity drive for 2022 is underway, and I want you to take part in it. We are supporting four charities this year. And we hope that you can help us raise quite a bit of money for those charities. Those four groups, charitable organizations, whatever you call them, are the Adrian Amos I'm Still Here Foundation, uh, Shamar John Charles, Team Page for the Walk to End Alzheimer's, uh, Aaron uh, Aaron Jones A&A All the Way Foundation, and Pat O'Donnell is doing a fundraiser with the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation. All of the links on how to donate to these charities are available in the link in your uh, either show notes or episode description, whichever phrase you prefer there. But here's how this works. If you donate any amount, we're suggesting a minimum donation of $10, but you can donate any amount. Take a screenshot and email that screenshot to thepowersweep1959 at gmail.com. We will put you on our list of people who have donated this year, and then we'll divide up some prizes among those people. Uh, Not something for everybody, unfortunately, we can't do that. But I've got 25 gifts to give to randomly selected participants in our charity drive. Those gifts include two Packers jerseys, four $50 gift certificates to the Packers Pro Shop, four $25 gift certificates to the Packers Pro Shop, five t-shirts from the Power Sweep, and ten sticker packages from the Power Sweep as well. So... If you choose to donate, I would appreciate it, and uh, we'll try to give something back to as many of you as we can. Last year, between two charity drives, we raised more than $6,300 for Adrian Amos' foundation, Shamar John Charles' work with the the Walk to End Alzheimer's, and uh, the ANA All the Way Foundation. Between those and Pat O'Donnell's drive this year, I hope we can raise close to that amount of money. I am optimistic that it can happen. And uh, I would appreciate your help with that. On top of that, there are bonus prizes available for the Pat O'Donnell fundraiser from the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation. If you donate at least $10 to their drive, you could be entered into a drawing to win prizes from them too. So, opportunity for double prizes there. Take a look at the link in your show notes or episode description Consider donating today. We'll mention this a few times. The deadline is December 31st, 2022. All right, Brian Gutekunst spoke to the media today. He only does this once in season per year. I wish he'd do it a little bit more. I know that he's not necessarily going to come out and say, yes, this is exactly what we were thinking about this and this and this. But you know what? Answering those questions is kind of part of the job. If only because it takes some pressure off of Matt LaFleur for explaining the Packers personnel decisions, because that definitely isn't his job. He puts guys on the field, but he's not the guy picking the players that are going to be on the 53-man roster, though he does have a part in it. That is Brian Gutekunst's job. And if he's making decisions that are affecting Matt LaFleur's job, he should come out and answer some questions about that. But predictably, a lot of the questions today had to do with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. We'll kind of take it in order on on those two guys, but the the question, the the conversation pertains to them both, so it's kind of going to be interwoven here. 
the big headline for me from this is that Gutekunst feels like he's got all the information he needs on Jordan Love, at least for right now. Somebody asked, do you need to see more of him before you decide on your on his fifth-year option? And he basically said, no. I think that um, I think it would be really good for him, you know, the growth that you need to go through, seeing things for the first time, making those mistakes that you need to make. Um, but I think from our end of it, we've seen what we need to see. We've seen what we need to see. I'm suspicious of that because... I I don't know how confident you can really be in what you've seen from Jordan Love to this point. In terms of substantive playing time, we've seen his start against the Kansas City Chiefs, a half of work against the Detroit Lions, that was all for 2021, and what, a quarter against the Philadelphia Eagles, thereabouts? That's about it. Not quite two full games. He's looked at times quite good in those. Even the Chiefs game, there were times where he looked like there were was at least one drive in that game where he looked like a starting NFL quarterback. But beyond that, we just haven't seen that much of love on the field. But I think we may be overthinking it a little bit in the conversation we're having about love because the question wasn't, would you be confident committing to Jordan Love as your long-term starter today? The question is specifically about the fifth-year option, and I think that's what we need to limit our discussion on Jordan Love to right now. We've got to get ourselves into the mindset of only considering whether or not the Packers are going to pick up the fifth-year option on Love, because that's the next big decision as far as he goes. Regardless of whether he's the starter for the Packers in 2023, the next decision you have to make on love is that fifth-year option. And I don't think it's entirely crazy to suggest that Gutekunst might already have what he needs to know just to pick up the fifth-year option. Because what are you looking for there in that fifth year? You're not shelling out big quarterback money. You're not committing long-term. Basically, you're just hoping that he isn't a guy who's, gonna, who's not going to embarrass you on the field. And even in the two, about two games that we've seen from Jordan Love, I I don't think the Packers would be laughed off the field if Jordan Love is their starter in 2023 or 2024. I just don't think that Love is that bad. Now, that is not saying all that much, but I think that you'd be perfectly okay with him being your starting quarterback. It's not like the Packers are sitting here thinking about committing to, well, look at the San Francisco 49ers. They're not committing to Brock Purdy as their starting quarterback or or plunking down a fifth-year option on him. If they sat here and said the same thing about Purdy and were picking on him just because he's a third-string quarterback for a nominal playoff contender, but if they sat here and said the same thing about Purdy, you would call that pants-on-head ridiculous. But Love is not in that same category. He looked solid in the preseason. He looked solid against the Eagles. Better than solid against the Eagles. It's not insane to say, yeah, I would give that a shot for a fifth year. The the big pushback I've seen on that and read from people is the price tag. I'm not worried about the price tag. 
$19.8 million is chump change for a starting quarterback. And if Rodgers is playing in 2024, you're going to move Love anyway. You'll probably have moved him by that point. If he's not, the combination of Jordan Love's fifth-year option and whatever dead cap you have for Aaron Rodgers is, again, not that big of a deal if you're committing to Jordan Love long-term because he's going to be shepherding you through a couple of rough cap years anyway. In the grand scheme of things, $19.8 million for a quarterback who's going to be, what, 26 in 2024, if he's in his like 20, age 24 season right now, it's not that much. It's not that big of a deal. So just think about things in terms of whether or not the Packers are, are going to feel comfortable picking up that fifth-year option. And I think right now they would feel comfortable about that. Now, on Love's development, Gutekunst spoke about that a little bit too. He admitted he would like to see a little bit more of him on the field, not just to get him reps, but so he learned some of the finer points that just come with playing the position on the field in an actual game. All young quarterbacks go through a period of time where no matter what individual success, I think it takes them a little bit of time to learn how to win in this league. And that's going to be important for Jordan whenever he gets his opportunity. Um, but that's a big part of it. I mean, it's, um, you know, learning, learning within the game is very important for that development. Sorry, that came across a little bit quiet. We will try to bump that up a little bit in post, but it's probably not going to be perfect. Anyway, what, what he's saying there is there's stuff that you can only figure out as a quarterback by playing in actual games. And I, I do agree with that. I don't think you really need to get too hung up on the he needs to play X amount of games before you can really commit to him as a starter type thing. But it's, it's like learning to drive a car. I've used this analogy before, but there is a great episode of, of Top Gear where the crew rents what is essentially a, an, a consumer-grade F1 car, and they bring it to their private track and whatever, and they drive it. And it's too powerful for any of them to handle just because they're not skilled enough. They don't have the time in the cockpit to make the car do what it's capable of doing. Jeremy Clarkson even says, like, they're driving around a track that they've driven around hundreds and hundreds of times, if not thousands of times. And he, he says, I know I can hit this particular corner going 85 miles an hour, and I'm okay. And I know, at least theoretically, that this car can hit that same corner going, I don't remember what the number was, but let's just say it's 120 miles an hour, and it's going to be okay. But I can't make my mind and my body agree there to make myself hit that corner at 120 miles an hour because I'm afraid I'm going to roll it. An experienced driver would be able to do that. Jeremy Clarkson, having not logged the hours in that car that he needed to, couldn't. And I think that's kind of what Gutekunst is getting at there. There are things that whatever your talent level you can only do through time and experience on the field. That's why people talk about the Aaron Rodgers law offense and the Matt LaFleur offense. The Matt LaFleur offense exists on a page because that's where every coach's offense exists. Every coach's offense is really theoretical. The Aaron Rodgers offense is shaped by almost two decades now of playing NFL football. He knows what he can get away with on the field. He knows how fast he can hit that particular corner and still get through safety, safely. Or he knows what he can get away with in terms of timing things out against a particular blitz or a 
making a particular throw against a particular coverage. He knows those things because he's done it in games again and again and again. And Love simply doesn't have that experience. And that's going to take time. And so it's understandable to see why Gutekunst would want to see him get some time. Now on Aaron Rodgers, Gutekunst, I think, is is pretty diplomatic here, but also pretty realistic. Yeah, we made a big commitment to him this offseason. And um, so that was obviously, you know, something that was really important to us. But like we've talked about in, in, in the past, I mean, this is something we'll sit down with him after the season, and it'll be something we do together and, and move forward that way. No, no particular surprise there. Uh, he, he says he wants him back. I don't think there's any reason to really doubt that. He, after all, was a part of the, the group that signed Rodgers to that big extension. Why wouldn't they want him back at that dollar figure? Uh, I think also there is some, looking at this a little bit cynically, there's some positioning going on here too. Say that Brian Gutekunst did want to eventually move on, not even eventually, but sooner than later, move on and have Jordan Love be his starting quarterback. Well, to make that happen, you're either going to have to have Aaron Rodgers retire, Aaron Rodgers get released, or Aaron Rodgers get traded. Two of those three options are really unpalatable from a cap perspective. And the third one is really only workable if, one, you get a good enough move to trade Aaron Rodgers, and two, if you can hold off on the paper, paperwork long enough to make that move actually happen. If you trade Aaron Rodgers, as we've talked about before, it, it has to be after June 1, so you can uh, spread the cap hit over multiple years. That is a way to make things basically work from a cap perspective for the Packers to move on from Aaron Rodgers. But to get a good enough offer to feel like, yeah, you can move on from Rodgers and you know take your lumps on the cap here, you got to make other teams think that you want to keep them around. Do they believe what Brian Gutekunst says here? Well, that's up to them. Gutekunst has to come out there and say it. And he's also messaging to Aaron Rodgers here too. Hey, please don't press the big red button here and destroy our cap by retiring and retiring in an adversarial manner. Aaron Rodgers does hold a lot of power here. And the Packers need to stay on good terms with Aaron Rodgers, else he might decide he would like to wield that in a way that makes things difficult for the Packers, even more so than it already has. These are the things that come with paying a quarterback a lot of money late in his career. However, Brian Kudekun spoke about that a little bit too. He had a great quote towards, towards the end of what I think we can call the Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers portion of his, his press conference. It's not worth pulling because it was half you know, under his breath, but but he said something along the lines of whatever else comes with it, when you have a great quarterback, it's worth dealing with it. No matter how many headaches come with dealing with Aaron Rodgers' contract, you put up with it because he's a great quarterback. Whatever problems arise from having two quarterbacks on the roster who are you believe, starting caliber, it's worth it if Jordan Love turns out to be the next great Packers quarterback. And as critical as I have been about the the entire Jordan Love thing, the bad process, the the stuff like that, the, basically back in April 2020, predicting ending up exactly right here just because of the roster machinations, all that being said, all that being true, if Jordan Love 
turns out to be a great quarterback or even a very good one, everything else is a wash. You would happily put up with everything else just to have that stability at the game's most important position. We got a good question in our Discord server today about Christian Watson. Faithful listener Queso said, would I be crazy to think that Christian Watson could kind of just magically fix everything? Like just one more year of development from him and Romeo Dobbs, a good first rounder, maybe have a great offense again. And with a new defensive coordinator, hopefully, maybe the defense can be just good enough to play well from ahead. I don't think that's crazy at all. And I think what we've gotten over the past, I guess call it a month now, because that's what it's been really since the Dallas game, while the touchdowns have been kind of fluky, because touchdowns always are, the, the level of play that we're seeing from Watson was the plan. Christian Watson could have and perhaps should have been magically fixing this offense long ago. Had he been playing through training camp and through the early portion of the season, I think we're seeing this a lot earlier. We're seeing the difference maker he can be in October and November, maybe early November instead of late November and December. And I think if Christian Watson is playing at, shoot, 80% of this level in October, the Packers aren't losing four games in a row to the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders, and the Lions. And just getting two of those four entirely changes the complexion of the Packers' season. They'd be firmly in the playoff picture right now. And Gutekunst basically alluded to this, or not even alluded, said this explicitly. Somebody said, asked him, did the plan derail or did the injuries to Watson and Dobbs derail what you hope for them for this season? Here's what he said. Yeah, that's probably fair. You know, I think obviously I think when you're, you're a rookie, you've got so much on your plate to begin with. And then when the injury things come in, it's just it's that much more. And I think it takes time to develop trust within the offense and, and to gel. And when you're not out there, it's, it just makes it that much more difficult. So that's probably fair. The, the plan all along, and this was clear from the moment the Packers made the moves they did in the draft, was for Watson and Dobbs to figure things out kind of slowly early in the season, hope you can steal a couple wins there, and then be solid down the stretch. Now, they haven't quite reached solid down the stretch here. But they're certainly better than they were over the last month or so. I think that's fair to say. And had, again, they been better earlier in the season, the better that they are right now, maybe popping up back then, they wouldn't be in this 5-8 and conundrum they find themselves in. But looking forward, I think there's a very good chance that Watson does kind of magically fix everything. The problem with the Packers' offense hasn't been running. It's been passing. As soon as they've started to pass better, as good as the run game has been, the points come. They move the ball more efficiently. They move the ball more effectively. Even if they're not passing as much as they were in the past, passing well is still the key to having an NFL offense in 2022. And Christian Watson taking a step forward next year might get the Packers back to the point where their their whole situation is fixed. This team looks a lot different for the first half of the season if they've got a passing offense that is an NFL-level passing offense. I don't know how to put it more simply than that because it was so bad in those first couple months of the season that it didn't matter 
how good the defense even really was. And we talked about that in a couple episodes too. As bad as the defense was, as disappointing as the defense was in a, in a couple of games there, they were doing enough that the Packers still probably should have won. It was just that the offense was so bad that it didn't matter what the defense did. If Christian Watson can be a version of this next year, I'm not even talking about scoring touchdowns every other play, just being a consistent threat for the offense, getting the passing offense working changes the entire complexity of this team. Now, yes, the defense does have to take some significant strides. A new defensive coordinator, one that is at least reactive and not just saying, boy, I I don't really know what's going on out there. And that's not really much of a paraphrase from what Joe Barry said. Just having a defensive coordinator who's like, yeah, let's try some stuff would be a big step forward. And getting special teams figured out a little bit more would not go amiss either. Before we get to our last topic today, I want to give a shout out to new patron Steve Phelan, signed up this week at patreon.com slash thepowersweep. And if you do the same, you will have an opportunity to join our exclusive Discord server just for Patreon patrons. Hang out there, chat with Packers fans from all over the world. Always a lively time. And we talk about all sorts of stuff, too, on and off the field. Uh, Had some good World Cup stuff going on while the Americans were still in the tournament. Not so much right now, but I'm sure that'll heat up again as we get to, like, the the quarter and semifinals, too, as well. So uh, if that's your thing, or if there's something else you want to talk about with like-minded Packers fans from around the world, head to patreon.com slash thepowersweep. Contribute any dollar amount per month or per year. And um, get your chance to hang out with Packers fans from around the world. It's a great time, and we'd love to have you. And speaking of the Discord server, regular user Janelle popped in today with a good question. After the last couple games, she asks, has your opinion of how A.J. Dillon is doing this year changed? Yes and no. On the positive side, he has had two very good games. Two of the best we've seen from him this year. I don't think it's too big an exaggeration to say that weeks 12 and 13 here have been the best games of the season uh, for A.J. Dillon. He's looked lighter and faster, quicker on his feet, more decisive hitting the hole. It's it's just been a good, good run here for A.J. Dillon. Solid, solid couple games. But on the flip side of that, the offensive line has been playing much better too. And I ran a brief study today comparing Dylan's performance to pro football Focus's grade for the offensive line for that week. And it's basically right in line. If the offensive line does well, A.J. Dillon does well. If they don't do well, A.J. Dillon doesn't do so well. And I hope to have a piece up on that more in depth on Wednesday or perhaps later this week. But Dylan is very dependent on the offensive line. So him playing better over these last couple games really just corresponds with the offensive line playing better too. And that's kind of disappointing it from the perspective of someone who wants to see A.J. Dillon do really well. Because in games where the offensive line is clicking, A.J. Dillon can be a really good back. And I think it's unfortunate to say that it seems like he's always kind of going to be limited by what the offensive line can give him. Having a guy like that when the offensive line is clicking is great to have. But I think you also have to have a guy, and this is easier said than done too, like Aaron Jones around, who can do a little bit more creating when maybe the offensive line isn't quite as good. 
the same study that I ran revealed that Aaron Jones' performance is improved by the offensive line, but not necessarily dependent on the offensive line. He can create and have good games independent of how well the offensive line is doing, and that's a pretty rare skill set. It's why he, I think, is worth the contract he's been given. He elevates the Packers' offensive line more than the line elevates him. If the Packers decide to move on from Jones next next season, they're going to have to add some talent to their their running back room because I don't think A.J. Dillon can do it himself, and I don't think he has the skill set to do it himself. My wish for A.J., though, is this. First, as we learned this week, a happy, healthy baby because that's way more important than football. I hope first-time parents, A.J. Dillon and his wife, have a great experience having kids because it's awesome. And I hope that goes really well for him. But I hope that he can continue to play a really nice complimentary role. Because I think if he ends up in a situation where he has to be the guy all the time, it's not going to necessarily be his skill set, be be suited to his skill set. I would also like to see the Packers try to get him involved a little bit more as a receiver. They did that a little bit this past Sunday. I'm not entirely sure it was by design. But I'd like to see him get some of the opportunities that Aaron Jones has gotten in the screen game because I think A.J. Dillon could be a really dangerous screen player. And he might benefit from having opportunities like that that are basically just extensions of the of the run game anyway. So I want to see a little bit more of that from him. And I want to see him continue to be able to be sort of the complimentary back that he is right now. That way I think he is going to be able to be his best. And I think the Packers will get the best out of him too. That's all I've got for you on this episode of Blue 58. I appreciate you tuning in. I would appreciate it even more if you would take a second and share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it too. That's going to help more people find the show and get more people involved in this conversation that you and I are having about the Green Bay Packers, which in turn is going to help all of us, me included, become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.